Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why do phone plans come with a catch? With 48, they don't. 100 gigs, all calls, all texts for $10.99. Forever. And a free gig to try our reliable 4G network before you buy. Just $10.99. $10.99. $10.99. $10.99. Simple. Any way you hear it. 48. Changing up mobile. Fair use applies. See 48.ie. Hey, I am Sholem Adiduenya. And I'm Jacob Scott Thomas Bertrand, and this is the Lone Lobos Podcast. Now, some of you guys might know us from the shows we've been on, i.e. Cobra Kai, some of the other ones... But September 21st, we're going to be launching our podcast together. And what are we going to be talking about, Jacob? Unapologetic takes on adulthood, shooting every week, growing up in the industry. Listen to Lone Lobos on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Megan Trainer, And I'm a big bro, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and we're starting a podcast. It's called Working On It. And we're working on just bettering ourselves overall as human beings. Listen, you're just going to get a behind-the-scenes look at our lives. We're just regular people. Just regular people in Hollywood. <laughs> we're going for it. Episodes drop every Wednesday. And we can't wait for you to listen. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts. And it's easy to see why. Listen to Working On It on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'm home now from my off day at Amazon, trying to do interviews and uh, speak with other Amazon workers. Tomorrow is my work day. So, of course, I don't stay up late on those days, but I try to prepare my mind uh, and body to return so I can have a productive work day. Tomorrow morning, um, the two songs that I like to listen to is... um, Anthony Brown, You Thought I Was Worth Saving, and Alicia Keys, Girl on Fire. So that kind of motivate me to prepare myself as I sit in the parking lot and wait to go in. <laughs> Every morning that I go in, I don't know how the day will be. I don't know whether I will get picked on by management. I don't even know if I will go in one day and they'll just turn me around because of my push for unionization. But this evening, I'm just going to relax and I'm just going to go to bed and wake up with a new mindset, with new goals. I'm still hopeful and prayerful that we will gain victory. This is Vice News Reports, and I'm your host. Ariel Dumras. And I'm Lauren Corey Gurley, senior staff writer at Vice's Motherboard. This morning, hundreds of thousands of Amazon employees are watching one of the most significant unionization drives in a generation. Voting is underway in Bessemer, Alabama. We haven't seen a unionization battle this significant in quite a long time. According to the union, roughly 85% of the workers at this massive warehouse are black. Most are women. 
Many complain about grueling work, unsafe conditions, with inadequate bathroom and meal breaks. This is an historic challenge to the Internet giant. We're being treated like we're prisoners. Who's there to get a job done? So, Lauren, you're a labor reporter. You've been on this story. And it's been really interesting to watch as this one Amazon warehouse outside Birmingham, Alabama, has gotten so much attention for their union drive. I feel like we're watching the battle over the future of work play out in in real time in this one small town, in this one warehouse. So, yeah, it's crazy because this particular warehouse has only been open for a little over a year and now it's getting so much attention and that's because this has never happened before no amazon warehouse in the u.s has ever made it to the point of a union election and especially not one with close to six thousand workers and it's especially notable because of where it is in alabama which is just definitely not considered a pro-labor state right right But the main issue here, though, is Amazon's dominance. It's estimated that the company employs about 400,000 people in the U.S. So if this union drive succeeds, it's really going to have a ripple effect. The union's national president says he believes this could be the start of something bigger. Amazon workers in Baltimore, New Orleans, Portland, Denver, and Southern California are now also considering launching union drives. Obviously, what happens at Amazon will likely affect what happens at other big companies. Thank you for being pioneers in Bessemer. The media has focused a lot on the story of small town Alabama workers versus the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos. And that is important. But what I think gets missed is that there's so much more at play behind the headlines than what you've read about this drive. And I really wanted to see for myself what was going on on the ground. I wanted to meet people who are leading this union drive and get a sense of what the fight really means to them and what it means for them to be at the very center of it. Right. So you got to spend some time in Bessemer where this Amazon warehouse is. Yeah. I called one of your producers, Julia Nutter. Hi there. I'm a uh, producer with Vice. And we decided to tag team it down to Alabama so we could both be on the ground while this vote was happening. And so while I was down there, I introduced Julia to a worker I had been talking to. Her name is Jennifer Bates. Hi, are you Jennifer? Yes. Hi, I'm Julia. It's so nice to meet you. How's it going? Good. I'm just testing out to see if the sound might be better in another room. Okay. So, okay. Jennifer is like the face of this union drive. I think we got another, I got another interview to do too. She's 49 years old. My full name is Jennifer Bates, and I'm from Marion, Alabama, but I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Can you walk me through your employment timeline? I know Lauren told me that you started working. (laughs) Why do you shake your head like that? Because it's long. I started working when I was 13. One of my mother's cousins had an okra field. In the summertime, that's where we gained a little extra money, you know. When I turned 16, I got a job at Hard I worked as an assistant manager. For I worked as a dispatcher for Mary City Police. I was administrative assistant for uh, Berean Baptist Choir Director for the Youth Department. Praise and Worship Leader. I worked Mercedes-Benz until uh, the economy went down in 2008, so we were out of a job. 
After the recession hit, Jennifer got a job at U.S. Pipe. Manufacturing jobs are an important part of the economy in this part of Alabama. Mm. And so she worked there for almost a decade until a new company moved to town. Let me guess. (laughs) It is official. Uh, Amazon is coming to the city of Dallas. A new Amazon Fulfillment Center in Bessemer expected to open this summer and bring in some new jobs to the area. I've heard a few people talking about it at the job that I was on. They were excited that it was coming. They would bring some economic growth. Something in me said, go and use the skills that you have to this company, Amazon, you know, come you order from them. Now they're here. You just go and do something a little different. So it's March 2020 when the new warehouse opens in Bessemer, and there's a lot of excitement about this. This is a part of Alabama where one in four people lives below the poverty line. And so new jobs are welcome. Jennifer's sisters go to work there. Her daughter goes to work there. But Jennifer, she's leaving a job that she's had for years to start something completely new. I cried. I cried for about two hours because... I knew if I left U.S. Pipe, I was leaving my family. They were just like family to me. And I knew, I knew, also knew that I was taking a $5 pay cut to leave. Wow. Wow, she's even taking a pay cut. So this must really feel like an opportunity for her to take a job where she'll make less money. Yeah, and keep in mind, the options are limited here. Just to provide some context... When Bessemer was founded at the turn of the 20th century, this area had a lot of steel mills and coal mines and manufacturing jobs. By the 1980s, many of the companies started shipping those jobs overseas where labor was cheaper, and the area really struggled. A pretty familiar story for sure. Right. Towns like Bessemer are looking to host companies like Amazon. When you see a business in your area, do you ever wonder how it got there? Um, Who's the company that recruited it? why that business decided to locate in that particular area. Well, we're the guys in the background that actually do that type work. This is Devrin Beasley. He's the director of the Bessemer Industrial Development Board, which helped seal the deal with Amazon. You can come in here. Oh, okay, very good. Thank you so much for driving back. So cities kind of try to make themselves attractive for companies like Amazon by offering incentives. If a company is looking at your area, once a company comes down to see your area, they're not really coming down to see what your area has to offer them. They already know. What they're coming down to determine is why shouldn't they locate there? Alabama actually offered Amazon $41.7 million in tax incentives, and the city of Bessemer also offered $3.3 million in tax incentives and also credits for road repairs. Access to funding, uh, access to workforce, you know, access to transportation. Luckily, Bessemer has access to interstates all along this area. And if you look at where Amazon is, they drive out of the parking lot of Amazon, they turn right or left, and they're on the interstate within two minutes. So Bessemer really rolls out the welcome wagon for Amazon. And, you know, people in town were generally pretty happy when Amazon made the decision to come. My personal goal is um, to get people gainfully employed in the Bessemer area. We are here to help people become employed and stay employed. Amazon's Fulfillment Center is up and running in Bessemer, but the retailer, they still need more workers. 
Okay, so a fair bit of optimism about the new Amazon warehouse. Yeah, and for Jennifer, she makes that hard decision to say goodbye to her old colleagues, and she starts working at the new warehouse. I drove up, I, you know, I had a smile on my face my first day. Okay, Amazon, because got a little big smile out there. So this warehouse is 855,000 square feet. So that's like if you combined five Walmart super centers. That's huge. So that is a very large smile. You look at it, you think it's a place that's going to make you happy. So she she walks up the first day. And the first thing they told us to do was go ahead and download the Amazon app on our phones. And that's how you would uh, check your time and all that kind of stuff. It was a lot of walking, walking upstairs. And I could remember my eyes like, you've got to be kidding me. They were like long stairs, red stairs. The first week, probably about the third day, I was limping, 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 limping. I seen other people limping. I was like, okay, it's not just me. And my sister laughed. She said, oh, it gets worse. So when Jennifer's first hired, she works in what what they call the stow department. So she's taking items that have been shipped to the facility and she's scanning them uh, so that people can buy them on Amazon's website. So she's literally scanning hundreds of items an hour. She's scanning sunscreen bottles, Advil, hot sauce, dog food. And she places these items onto shelves on giant robots, uh, which then take them to storage. Uh, think about it. a few weeks, they was like, your numbers are sky high, so we want to train you on something else. So about a couple of months, got a message on my computer when I got to work to report to day one training center to be trained as an ambassador. Amazon ambassadors are a bit like Amazon's cheerleaders. I was like, me? Ambassador? Okay. So I went up to the office. It was like eight of us. And they said, congratulations. Their role is to go around and sort of coach their other team members on how they could be more efficient, how they could be doing their jobs better. And you give yourself a hand because you've done an outstanding job with Amazon. And this is big. They were telling us, you know, this is big. You know, took us around, did a tour, took us to get our vest. And at this point, you will be learning and training. And... um but you don't get paid. So it was like, oh, it's a promotion without the benefits. So it was a promotion with more work. Wait, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) That doesn't sound like a promotion to me. Yeah, uh, it's not. What it means is that she still has to do her normal job. And in addition, she has to keep an eye on her colleagues and make sure that they're still doing their jobs effectively. And so things just really start to go downhill from there. The pain that she mentioned earlier, it continues even after the workday is over. I started having problems with my knees. It really it really just doesn't go away. Walking up the stairs and then stairs in the actual station where you have to climb up and down the stairs. And then later on, I start having problems with my legs. And that's a lot of walking, a lot of walking, uh, leg pains. I saw seeing people being rolled out on uh, in wheelchairs, people walking around with braces on their legs. Man, that that doesn't sound good. Yeah, so it's not good. The other thing is Jennifer starts noticing people getting fired for not coming back from their break on time. 
after I got in pretty good, I noticed managers firing people for like, you you got too, many, too much time off task. If you're way in the back, you have to walk like 10 minutes to go to break. So you really, all in all, you may get 15 minutes out of your whole break. But if you're on the fourth floor, now you got to walk four flights of stairs just to get back to work. I walked two, two flights the other day and I was tired. So like imagine being timed on your way to the bathroom across several football fields or during your lunch break. Amazon is monitoring workers every move on this app so they can tell if they've been idle or if they're if they're running late. I'm not surprised that they're using a tech solution on this micro level to monitor their own workers. Right. And remember, Jennifer started in May during the pandemic. And as much as Amazon was trying to emphasize the six feet rule, they did it in a way that Jennifer found was really aggressive. It's tough trying to stay six feet from people when you got almost 5,000 people in there and everybody's going to break. And you got people coming this way, people going that way. You know, they're yelling at us like we're in prison. They were, I mean, they were literally had security six feet. Get off your phones, even if you've clocked out and you're headed out. So this is basically the environment that they're in every single day, which for Jennifer is four days a week, 10 and a half hours a day. And that's not counting overtime, which she is frequently asked to work with very little prior notice. Did you ever talk to your manager about some of your concerns as things were coming up? And if so, what did they say? No, the, the we really didn't have, um, like, to go to managers with, with concerns that we're having. Our option was to go to the employee voice. So when workers have an issue, Jennifer says they have to complain to a computer through this internal portal where they lodge complaints. By the way, we asked Amazon to clarify this process for us, and they didn't get back to us. That kind of seems like it would remove any humanity from from an interaction where you're talking about something that probably matters to you a lot. People don't really have relationships with their managers. Like a lot of workers I've spoken to don't know who their managers are, maybe met them once or like don't have, you know, easy access. They'll brush it off. They may give you a vague answer or not no answer at all. This is not how Jennifer remembers being treated at her past jobs, especially at past jobs where there was a union in place. That was a problem for me. They used their power to suppress us. That feeling of being expendable, of, of not being heard, of being suppressed, that doesn't sound like that's sitting well with Jennifer. Yeah, so as Jennifer tells it, this is the point when she started to think they really needed a union for things to change. I didn't know how to start a union drive in the beginning. I knew that we needed one. I actually talked to some people at work who knew uh, how to try to contact someone. So she and her colleagues who were interested in forming a union started meeting secretly. Where did you guys have these conversations? Out on break on in the parking lot, you know, we have the lunch tables outside and we were standing, we, sometimes we would pull away from there because we got cameras right there. How did it feel as those conversations, like what was going through your mind? It was kind of like a sneaky, you know, <laughs> we had to keep it a secret. We didn't know who we could trust, but we had a, a tight knit, you know, group of people. So it, the feeling was, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. 
but we know that companies don't like it. Her colleague with the connection called up the retail, wholesale, and department store union. And my question was him, are they real people? You sure they Amazon, you know? Or can you trust them? Or they, he was like, yeah, I've already met with them. So I got to admit that I've never heard of this union before. You know, it, it's not like, at least to me, it's not like the steelworkers or the Teamsters. So is this a big deal union? No, it's a relatively small independent union that is based out of New York. They've got like the Bloomingdale's department store. They've got Zara. But what's interesting is this union also has a long legacy in the Deep South, which is pretty rare for unions. Uh, Members of the union marched with MLK in the South during the Civil Rights Movement, and they still have offices in downtown Birmingham to this day. In September, a few workers meet privately with union organizers at a local hotel, and the union agrees to help them kickstart this union drive. So in late November 2020, they go public. Did you feel at the time like, oh, we're going to succeed, like this is going to work out? Um, no, I actually felt like uh, we in for a fight. Because at that point, we haven't been able to reach all 5,000, 6,000 people to help them to understand what unionization would mean for them. So at that point, I knew we had a fight ahead of us. That's after the break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. River Cafe Table 4 is a brand new podcast with me, Ruthie Rogers, the founder and chef of the River Cafe in London. River Cafe Table 4 takes us on a food journey around the world with friends like Paul McCartney. John Lennon and I hitchhiked to Paris and we thought, oh, we've got to have a wine experience. We're in France. And we took a sip and thought, that is terrible. It's like vinegar. So join us at River Cafe Table 4 to hear this brand new podcast all about their memories, their travels and the food they turn to for comfort. Listen to River Cafe Table 4 on the iHeartRadio app, 
on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. I asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at adoptuskids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. There's so much going on in Latin America. In Colombia, demonstrations against proposed tax reforms have turned into countrywide protests. It can be confusing. Health authorities across Latin America are battling a rise in coronavirus infections. That's where El Hilo, a Spanish-language podcast from Radio Ambulante Studios and Vice News, comes in. Cuando un edificio se cae, no perdona. Cuando tú vives en una dictadura, ¿qué opciones tienes si eres oposición? O la cárcel o el exilio. Listen to El Hilo every Friday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I just parked my car behind a line of cars uh, just outside the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Bessemer, Alabama. So Lauren, can you give me a sense of this place of Bessemer where this union fight is going down? Yeah, so the warehouse itself is on the outskirts of Bessemer. It's extremely remote, extremely rural. There's a lot of big Amazon tractor trailers going by. There's pine forests, open fields, warehouses. But of course, since the union drive started, there's a lot more going on. I was out here at four this morning to seven o'clock this morning. And I came back out here right now at four and get out here, off of here at seven. So every day, the union organizers stand on a small patch of public sidewalk outside the warehouse. And they talk to workers. How many days have you been coming? Uh, I've been out here since the week after Christmas of last year in December, and I've been out here ever since. Why has this become such an important thing, so much so that you're getting out here at 4 o'clock in the morning? In case people have questions to ask you, and you show, it shows that you, we are still here you know, to support them every day. Faithfully, no matter what, rain or shine, we're here every day to support these people's needs and let, and let them know, hey, we got you guys back no matter what. So this is part of the organizing strategy, to reach Amazon workers who are at work or on their way to work to get the message out. But they can only go so far. Like, how close are you allowed to be? I'd say up to that yellow pole. You know, it's then, that's, that's the deadline, because, you know, they got police sitting in the parking lot. Police cars are always parked near the entrance to the warehouse parking lot, but now they're making sure these organizers don't come too close. Amazon is really not happy with the organizers being out there and doing everything they can to convince workers to vote no in this union drive. Like what? Yeah, so Amazon has hired what is known in the industry as union avoidance firms. And I've covered these extensively. And what they're doing here is definitely employing some classic union busting tactics. I didn't even know that union avoidance firms were a thing. There are a bunch of things they've done in the last few months since the Amazon union drive went public. 
For one, there's this brand new website called doitwithoutdues.com, which has Amazon's logo all over it, and it purports to feature smiling workers inside the Bessemer warehouse. We asked Amazon about its involvement in creating the website, but they didn't respond to us. The website argues that if workers joined the union, they would have to pay union dues, which, as we know, is misleading because Alabama is a right-to-work state, which means that workers don't have to pay union dues. Amazon is also texting workers basically every single day with different reasons not to vote for the union. Like, it's everywhere. We at the Birmingham team have a great leadership. We really don't need anyone coming in and telling us what they want to give us, because basically, we have everything we need. It's it's also on the internet. They've they had Twitch ads for a while. Vote no for the union. I will vote no. It's not needed. Vote no. We can do it without the dues. They've even put signs in bathroom stalls encouraging people to vote no. They've handed out T-shirts to workers saying vote now, as well as pins that say vote no, which is kind of funny and confusing. They're going home. They're receiving mailers. So they've even sent out care packages to sick workers being like, you should vote no. It's, it's hard to ignore. It's sort of like advertising. And I think this is part of the strategy, right? Especially if you don't know what a union is or um, maybe you've never been in a union. Um, this, this is pretty powerful, I would say. I do need to say that when I've asked Amazon about all of this previously, they told me, quote, it is important that all employees understand the facts of joining a union and the election process. They came and told us to log out and we're going to a meeting. So they also did in-person meetings at the warehouse, seemingly to give their side, you know, why they think Amazon workers should not unionize. Went upstairs, went in there, I saw the um, TV screen had information, let's do it without dues. Jennifer had to go to one of those. And there was a black guy standing up in the front. And I said, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, we're getting ready to have this meeting. He said, the union is broke. They saw this a big opportunity to make money. He said, they just take the money and go on lavish vacations and buy new cars. I said, no, the, the union doesn't come in unless the employees ask for them. Um, talk about you're going to give your $500 hard-earned money to these people when you're already getting benefits, you're already getting a competitive wage. So to me, it's just like saying, you're not going to get nothing else. Uh, we're not going to give you anything else. Is all of this stuff legal? So under the National Labor Relations Act of 1935, it is illegal for a company to interfere with workers' rights to unionize, to collectively bargain, and to engage in concerted activity. But there's also a lot of gray area here. There is a $350 million industry here around these sorts of tactics. They create different strategies that are legal for companies to use to persuade workers to vote no in union elections and to generally derail union drives. So it's not like Amazon is necessarily worried about money here. This is really, for them, about control. Okay, when you talk about control, like what is the... What is the, the fear driving that loss of control? What is Amazon actually scared of losing here? Amazon has been vocally anti-union since the 90s. I think for them, they are so obsessed with 
customer satisfaction, same-day delivery, being able to monitor every single aspect of their supply chain, that they see a union as really an existential threat to the way their company functions. Like, if you have a union in there, they're going to have to negotiate over most major changes to working conditions. So they will have much less control over, you know, how, how Amazon runs, basically. And to them, this is like a huge, huge threat. I- When I asked Amazon about why it doesn't want the Bessemer warehouse to unionize, the company said it already offers most of the things unions are asking for. These are things like a safe workplace, benefits starting on the first day, career growth, and industry-leading pay. Amazon likes to tout the fact that it pays all of its full-time workers at least $15 an hour, which is a little more than twice the federal minimum wage and twice Alabama's minimum wage. By actually changing the minimum wage to 15. Right. I've, I've heard Jeff Bezos say that he supports a federal $15 minimum wage. That's a much more powerful thing to do than to kind of lecture about it. So basically siding with the Fight for 15 folks. But it's a little confusing that Bezos and Amazon are pro-Fight for 15 and also anti-union. Can you help me understand that? $15 an hour is $30,000 a year, which does not go very far really anywhere anymore. Experts say Amazon actually drives down wages in the warehouse industry, which typically, especially in unionized jobs, pays way more. So when Amazon says we are offering leading pay, that's not necessarily true. And Jennifer has to counter this narrative pretty often with her coworkers. Just like the young lady yesterday was telling me that, well, over there where I transferred it, they don't do anything. They just put items in the box and, and uh, push the box on. So that's worth $15 an hour. She told us about this one worker who said, you know, this job seemed worth it to her. But I, my question to her was, I said, is it? And I said, so today you're at work on overtime. And she was like, yeah. I said, well, well if $15 is worth your work, then why are you here on overtime? If it's enough for you, then why are you here on overtime? She was like, she, she had a light bulb. It's like you're trying to have people picture a world that that they hadn't been part of before. Yes, yes, that's exactly how it is. And that's what this is really about for those pushing for the union. It's not just about how much they make per hour. They say it's about being treated with dignity. Because Amazon is a good place and it could potentially be an awesome place to work. They just have issues that need to, need to be fixed. And if they didn't do it before the union surfaced, then I think we can get it done. I'm sort of surprised to even hear her say that Amazon is a good place. Because, like, what you've described so far, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I mean, I think for Jennifer, this is really, truly a moral calling. I know that sounds really big, but she feels like she is so good at her job. She was chosen to be an ambassador. She sort of feels like she's in a unique position where she can speak out about this. It's not just about having a job, you know. It's about not getting fired for taking too long in the bathroom. You care more about the product than the actual workers. 
And in that sense, Amazon isn't offering the thing that everyone thought it would bring to Bessemer. I feel like, was this designed for a punishment? That you will work people so hard that eventually they'll quit. Why? Because you don't have to give them another raise, you can bring a new person in. So I believe it's designed for a high turnover because if not, you would have put something in there to ease the pain of your employees. So basically she's saying that like employee retention is not Amazon's deal. No, right. Exactly. There have been studies showing that when Amazon comes to a new county or opens up a warehouse, the turnover rate skyrockets. And experts say that high turnover is basically part of Amazon's business model because if workers are leaving all the time, there isn't as much incentive to make the working conditions better. But there also just isn't the longevity to get to the point of being able to to, to form a union. And, you know, the, this company actually also uh, pays workers to leave Every year, literally every year, they basically offer $1,000 to workers to quit their jobs. What? Yeah. So Amazon hires so many people in the lead up to the holidays that rather than mass firing everyone after, they actually encourage people to leave by paying them to leave. And that contributes to Amazon having this really large workforce of people who don't stay there very long. We asked Amazon about its retention strategy and whether high turnover is in fact part of their business model, but they didn't respond. Ultimately, what Jennifer is saying is that she and her coworkers in Bessemer want these jobs to be long-term and sustainable for them. And they feel they need the union to do that. People have a sense of hope and understanding now we do have power. We do have a say-so in our work conditions. We do have a say-so in how we're treated. So just to zoom out of Bessemer for a second, you know, as an observer in the last year or even a few years, to me there seems like there's some strong momentum behind a new labor movement in this country. Am I right about that? Is that true? Or is it just like the media is noticing something that's just always been there and always been the case? So yes and no. I think the short answer is that the percentage of Americans in unions is still at a historic low. The number of strikes and major work stoppages that occur every year is still so much lower than it was even in the 1970s and early 1980s. I think what I can say is that people are very galvanized and care a lot about labor issues right now. I think something has clicked in people where they they see labor issues as tied to racial justice issues, as tied to gender equality. Right. It's not lost on me that this drive in Bessemer is led by Black women like Jennifer. Yeah, There is a lot of enthusiasm among Americans, particularly progressives, for labor issues right now. I don't necessarily think that means we're in a moment of resurgent labor activism, but it is why so many people are watching what's going on in Bessemer. This was an attempt to unionize a warehouse in what used to be your hometown, right? Now you've got, you know, national attention. You've got the president of the United States coming out saying he supports the right to unionize. How are you? personally processing all of that attention right now? Um, I'm really, I really haven't processed it. That's the thing. It's like I'm still in my own little bubble and my focus is still on, are we going to get this union or not? Everything around me is like, 
I really hadn't grasped it yet. It's like people said, do you even know that you're... No, I just, I really don't. It's shocking, but at the same time, it's still not... It's just like somebody passing away, and uh, you really hadn't really got it until they get in the grave. You know, when they start dropping them in there, like... I haven't got that punch yet. It's like I'm walking around with these people like it's been like that my whole life, but it hasn't. Because my mind is focused on getting this place unionized. And I guess that's why. And it gets nervous sometimes, you know, the butterflies and anxiety um, a little bit. Not knowing what's on the other side. Don't know the answer yet. Don't know if... We warned the people in time. Don't know if people got the correct information in time. If they sent in the ballot before they got the truth. So what happens next? So workers have until March 29th to mail in their ballots. And the next day, federal officials are going to be counting them. This whole process could take days or maybe even weeks or months. Uh, Both sides could actually try and challenge ballots. Like any election that we've had recently. Once the ballots are all in, like, it's out of Jennifer's hands. All the hours that she's been putting in, organizing her co-workers, talking to reporters, like, uh, it's it kind of comes to a halt at that moment. And, and, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. Will you succeed? I certainly hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Whatever happens, um, the wake of America has taken place, and I believe that this unionizing uh, was the hammer that hit the nail. They said, wake up, America. Do you see what I see? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hi, friends. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. We're your hosts for SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's podcast celebrating all things SpongeBob Universe. We have the privilege that not many SpongeBob fans get. This being an official Nickelodeon podcast, we get to interview the brilliant humans behind the names we've all been reading in those credits for over 20 years. This is a podcast by fans for fans. Listen to SpongeBob Binge Pants on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? 
What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. The reviews are in, and audiences agree. iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela, She's not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive, and this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns. Five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now. Has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart-stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is going to collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're going to come with me and we are going to take you apart piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. Special thanks to Lauren Cowrie Gurley for her reporting on this story. Lauren and her colleague Edward Onweso Jr. just won the Hillman Foundation Award for their reporting on the Union Drive in Bessemer. You can read their award-winning coverage at Vice.com. Thanks also to Jason Kebler and Emmanuel Mayberg at Motherboard, Vice's technology site, as well as Michael Innes Jimenez and Dr. Robert Woodell Jr. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cuttrell, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, and Julia Nutter. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. Our associate producers are Sam Egan, Sophie Kazis, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. From iHeart executive producer Mangesh Hatikador and senior producer Nikki Etor. I'm Arielle Zimros. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but please rate and review the podcast. It really helps other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. Potential. It lives in all of us. It lives in tomorrow, the day after, and years to come. We realize it by planning for the best, instead of preparing for the worst. At AIB, we want to help you see the potential in yourself, your future, and your money. Which is why we offer our customers the opportunity to plan for what matters most with our team of financial advisors. Your future is full of potential, and AIB can help you get there. 
Visit aib.ie forward slash financial planning or call us today to find out how we can help. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. We used to think tech would save the world. Now, we fear tech will destroy it. But we don't have to live in the future we see in Black Mirror. In season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, we'll show you a world where tech empowers us to citizen. Launching October 14th, listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, friends. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. We're your hosts for SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's podcast celebrating all things SpongeBob universe. We have the privilege that not many SpongeBob fans get. This being an official Nickelodeon podcast, we get to interview the brilliant humans behind the names we've all been reading in those credits for over 20 years. It was a blast. Steve had a, a sign over his door that said, have fun or you're fired. And- <laughs> oh, I love that. First of all, for everybody out there who doesn't believe that we're talking to you, can you say something as Sandy? Sure, of course. <laughs> Howdy, everyone from uh, Bikini Bottom and actually from my living room. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sandy, you guys. It's Sandy Cheeks. I'm freaking out. This is a podcast by fans for fans. And I think SpongeBob would call it the best podcast ever. Listen to SpongeBob Binge Pants on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.